Hey everyone, my name is Dave Nixon and welcome to the Alpha Theta Flow podcast. This is Flow 698 and today I'm talking a little bit about stimulus response, um, stimulus organism response actually. And so the, the conversation I want to have around this, I think I may have had something similar in the last week or two, but I've just finished Polyvagal Theory by Stephen Porges. It's, it's, uh, it's a pretty interesting read um, if you uh very cerebral and uh, enjoy research and data then um, it's probably the book for you um, the I found it repeated itself a lot um, which I actually found beneficial um, because it allowed me to take in the research that he's putting forward in multiple times because there was a lot of new words for me and there was a lot of new concepts and ideas I mean the, the crux of it all is it's looking at the evolution of the autonomic nervous system which is basically our nervous system um and 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 brain and all of the communications that go on with that as the mammal that we are today and how that's evolved phylogenetically which means over time basically and uh the reason why that's useful uh, and strong fit have done a lot on this but i wanted to get into and understand the phylogenetic hierarchy of the nervous system outside of their lens um and so it was it was a good read. It was definitely I would definitely recommend it for someone who's interested in that and who's happy to sit down and and, and read through what really seems like a lot of research um uh, papers put together as a whole book anyway. So what I wanted to talk about was one of the things I talked about sort of later in the book, which was stimulus organism response. Now, stimulus response, I remember first reading in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Um, there's a gap between stimulus and response, and we get to um, basically choose our response, right? So the, the power of that, and, and Stephen goes on to talk about neuroception, um, which uh, is defined as the term that describes how neural circuits distinguish whether situations or people are safe, dangerous, or life-threatening. Neuroception explains why a baby may coo at a caregiver but can also cry at a stranger, or why a toddler enjoys a parent's embrace but views a hug from a stranger as an assault. So, interesting stuff, and I think one of the key things around neuroception as well is that the as we grow as adults a big part of that is is the meanings that we make uh, is a big part of neuroception it's kind of all f- uh, a fancy word to describe the objective um, explainable ways of how we make decisions whether something's safe or not and what i found in a lot of empirical research is that they sometimes struggle to look at what sort of what potential subjective models or maps that we could use uh, in the same way that that um, when I use the word map, I mean the same understanding the polyvagal um, theory for the nervous system is a map to use, right? Because it's not actually the nervous system. It's not actually your nervous system on the paper. <laughs> your nervous system's in you. It's a map to understand it. And so one of the things that neurolinguistic programming actually has done well, as it is, right? I think there is definitely um, people who use NLP without checking themselves first or understanding themselves first and it's a little bit different but at its core neurolinguistic programming is actually the study of subjective experience 
the interesting thing around that is that that can help us understand the way that we subjectively move through neuroception through that gap between stimulus and response. And that is unique to each organism. And that's why it's so powerful to go stimulus organism response because organism, you know, if you put those three words in a line and where it says organism, draw a little arrow down, put neuroception, draw a little arrow down and we start to actually understand the subjective... Um, processes that we run through that to make meaning of the world then this also plays a role and when we can look at this whole um, nervous system and how we how we interact with our environment and how our nervous system responds as well as the neuroception of how we respond subjectively and we can start to really integrate these models and see them differently at the same time we actually get a chance to take on what is referred to as the diamond approach the power of the diamond approach is that we can look through any given situation through multiple lenses, right? Rather than just a perception. And the ability to do that is to understand and, and embody certain models and maps of near reality maps, they're called, or near reality models. So we, we, we get those on a deeper level and understand them, knowing well that what we're looking at and what we're looking through are two different things, right? The map is not the territory. So when we look and understand the nervous system, that's a map for it, but it's not actually a nervous system. And I, this is this is a really important point. I think this is an extremely important point because it gives us an opportunity to start to integrate all these models and find what's useful rather than just leaning on one or the other. Ken Wilbain, I'm pretty sure it was in Sex, Ecology and Spirituality, spoke about there's the signify, signifier, there's a signified, and there's a referent, referent. Signifier, signified, referent. If you're driving along and you see a sign that has, uh, in Australia, it's going to have a kangaroo on it. Um, in America, it might have a deer. But either way, you're driving along, you see a sign that says kangaroos next 10 kilometers, something along those lines. The sign is a signifier. It's signifying something. What comes up for you in mind is what is signified by the sign. That's actually different for each person, right? Each person has a different understanding of what the sign is signifying. But neither of those things are the actual referent, what it's referring to. Neither of those things are the kangaroo. These are all important, not to prove something right or wrong, but to understand when we're looking at a map to understand something as best we can. That's a map to understand. We have multiple models to be able to look at reality through this, but none of them are reality. But when we can start to separate them to understand and then integrate them and see it as one beautiful thing continually unfolding, then we get to actually start to interact with reality as it is rather than as we are. And we get to have this beautiful opportunity where we get more, I'm going to use the word mastery, but you know, mastery over how we choose to respond to the world and how we choose to show up. And that is both objective and subjective. It is it is. is there's no gaps once again so stimulus organism which leads to neuroception which also leads to new, neural neural structures or subjective structures of understanding the world all of these things are important because once we get to know those things on a deeper conscious level we get to choose our response and we just stopped reacting right because we can start to define what actually is safe for us if we get a deeper understanding of our meaning structures and on that note, team, I am done. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you found this podcast beneficial, it would mean the world to me. If you would pass it on to someone else who you think would also find it beneficial. If you haven't already, you can grab a copy of my book, Money Yourself, anywhere online that sells books or at alphathetaflow.com. 
if you would like one personally signed by me. Uh, But that's me. I'm out. Until tomorrow, peace and pizza. Big love. I'll see you all soon.